Lord, I just pray that the words that you've given me impact people, help me deliver them in the way that's going to bring glory to you, but also going to bring a change in people's lives. Amen. All right, so I'm getting to, sorry, Harmony, I'm going to move this stuff so I don't trip over it, because you know I would. All right, so I'm singing on a, a new song this morning, which is really exciting for me. I love talking about music, uh, because it's so much of what I do. Um, and as I looked up in the Bible, a new song, there's just verse after verse after verse about new songs. And I think there was at least nine times that I saw, and so trying to pick one is really challenging to start with. But one of the things I've noticed is that when the Bible repeats itself, it means it wants you to listen, or God wants you to listen to it. So I started thinking, what is it about a new song that was so important to God for him to put it in the Bible again and again? And a lot of it's during Psalms. And in all fairness, Psalms was written by King David, who was writing new songs. But I think it was more, because every one of those was a new song when he wrote it. But by the time it was um, in Psalms and then being read, it wasn't a new song anymore. But the principle of it being a new song is the same, because sometimes it's a new revelation. And I was thinking about in the, um, in the New Testament, uh, it talks a couple of times about the apostles singing Psalms and hymns. By the time the apostles were singing the Psalms, they were something like 600 years old. They weren't new songs anymore. But they were singing these Psalms, and something I've discovered about Psalms is a lot of them are about Jesus. Now, these guys were brought up Jews, right? So they were going to Jewish Sunday school and Jewish kids' church, and they'd have a Jewish John and Linda. Don't know how that'd look. Um, And they'd be singing these psalms. And then they spent time walking and talking with the man who was Jesus Christ. And then they went back and they sang these psalms again. And they would have looked at these psalms. And I I mean, I could almost imagine Peter reading psalms while Jesus was still alive. He'd be like, dude, dude, this is about you. Jesus would be like, yeah, but, but it's about you. And so when they were singing these, like the, singing them in the upper room or Paul and Silas singing them in prison, they were singing them with this fresh revelation, not what they'd learned in Sunday school, but they were actually about the man of Jesus Christ. So it was a new song for them, even though it was 600 years old. But the verse I've picked for this morning is from Isaiah. It's Isaiah 42.10. It says, Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and all you who live in them. In them. The reason I love that one is that just kind of speaks to me, being from New Zealand, which is kind of like the ends of the earth, yeah. and especially up here in the north where you know, we are the ones that go down to the sea, we're in the North Island, but we're also in the Bay of Islands and all within them, we should be praising the Lord with a new song. Now, new songs. I've got a, a, a bittersweet relationship with new songs. I love new songs because they're fun, they're exciting. You know, as a musician, learning a new song is great. It, you know, it's something fresh. But at the same time, the older songs are comfortable. You know, we can get up here and play an older song without really thinking as much about the chord progression and the structure of the song and what the next lyric is and what the next note is. We can just play in it and worship. But over a little bit of time, they do get a little bit stale So you need new songs, but new songs are challenging. They require something from us. They require a little bit of stretch from us, and that's a really good thing. But the 
when I think about a new song compared to an older song, I mean, older songs aren't bad. They're great. I love doing some of the older songs, Mighty to Save, Hosanna, um, songs like that. They really speak to me. But we need to be fresh. And as I thought about it, I thought about two loaves of bread. And I was going to be proactive and buy some loaves of bread, but I never got around to it. But So I need you to imagine just for a second. On this side, I've got a loaf of bread that I brought this morning from the bakery. You know, freshly baked. Still warm. Yeah. And over here, I have one that I brought last Tuesday from the same bakery. Which one do you want? You'd want the fresh one, right? They were made from the same ingredients, using the same recipe, in the same oven, probably by the same baker. But the only difference is this one's fresh. So it's really important to stay fresh. Now, for me and the team here, a new song, you know, learning a new song is something that we do quite regularly. But you might think, eh, a new song isn't that relevant to me. But I think the spiritual principle remains that's in Scripture. Your new song might not actually be a new song. It just might be, well, your new song could be what you say to yourself. I know I, if I let myself go unchecked, my internal conversations, the words I say to myself will end up being things like, you're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're not talented enough. Who are you to think that you can do this? But I need to replace those with a new song. I need to replace those with the promises of God and what God says about me, not what I say about me. I need to replace that with, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you and to give you a hope and a future. Or when I'm thinking, I haven't got enough to do this. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Another one that when my internal conversations really get on top of me, for God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of strength and of a sound mind. And one of my favorites, it's a little bit longer, is Romans 8.37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I just love that. It just, reading that just, it lifts my spirit, you know what I mean? Maybe that's your new song this year. Maybe your new song is what you say to others. Maybe it's not to tear down, but to encourage and lift up. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Maybe your new song is to encourage people, or simply, instead of complaining about something, do something about it. Or maybe your new conversation, or your new song this morning, is what you say to God. We know our prayer life can sometimes get stale. And your new song could be what you say in your prayer life. It could be as simple as your prayer life could be very much, and I'm saying this out of experience, me focus. God bless me. God help me. God help me. God help me. Maybe it's time your new song should be, God, I pray for this person. I pray for this person. And I pray for Bill English. And I pray, pray for Donald Trump. And I pray for your name to be lifted across Northland. And I pray for the church to be powerful and impacting 
thing in Northland. Maybe it's praying for Paul and Ruth. Maybe it's, maybe your new song is joining the prayer chain. Stepping up and saying, hey, I'm going to get involved in praying. Maybe it is around not focusing on what's wrong, but thanking God for what's right. Yeah. I don't know what your new song is this year, but I think all of us have a new song. I mean, most of those apply to me, which is why they came to mind as I was, as I was writing this, is around just changing the conversations I have, especially internally. Um, and I mean, maybe your new song is to pray. Maybe this is, maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe, this is, um, maybe you've been in church for a while, but have never tried talking to God. Maybe it's time that you're, you know, you try it. One of the things that I found about God is that if you don't have to, if you're praying for the first time and you get the words wrong, he's not going to strike you down. He would rather us, rather us talk to him than not. You know, I'm thinking when your kids are real little and they start talking, um, and, well, I was watching a movie yesterday and this little said kid, instead of saying because, said kibos. And it was gorgeous. But you, as a parent, if kids mark up the words, you don't go, oh, you stupid little kid. You? It's cute more than anything else when they get the words wrong. When they get, you know, and, you know hostipal, rubber gloves, flutterby. God's not going to strike you down, honestly. If you haven't prayed before, I'd encourage just try it and see what happens. All right. So, I have no idea what time I started, so I know I have no idea how much time I've got left. That's good, eh? Pastor Ruth said, sent me a text message to say, remember, 15 minutes max. And I said, so I read that, I choose to read that as 51 minutes. Is that right? I got a no, 15. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, there was something I had in there that just, I was, it wasn't on my notes and I thought about it in the middle of the night, but I've forgotten it, so it's probably not important. So, I just want to go briefly through. The steps to learning a new song. Now, this is the steps I take when I'm learning a new song, but it applies to if you're learning new internal conversations, if you're learning new prayer life. The steps are the same. The first thing I do when I'm going to learn a new song is decide to learn a new song. Yeah. It's not just like we were up here you know, a couple of weeks ago and we were singing, I don't know, No Longer Slaves, and, singing, and all of a sudden we were singing The Sound of the Saints. Whoa, how did that happen? That's a cool new song. No, we decided to play a new song. We decided to learn a new song. It's got to be a conscious decision. You can't just let it happen. You can't just go, oh, I'm just going to keep thinking what I'm thinking, and then all of a sudden it's going to change. If you decide to learn a new song, decide to change your prayer life, what do you need to do? You need to make that decision to do it. The next step is to study it. The first thing I do with a new song is I sit down and I plug my earbuds in and I listen to the song. Just once. No, not at all. <laughs> not once, not twice. I have that song on repeat on my way to work, while I'm at work, on my way home from work. I'm getting that song in my head. And then I sit down and I study that song. I learn the lyrics. I learn the structure. I learn the chord chart of it. Why? So that I know it. So if you're learning a new song in your life, you might need to sit down and learn what the promises of God are. It's really hard to declare the promises of God over your life or over someone else if you don't know what they are. So it might be sitting down with your Bible and really finding out what those promises are. It might be writing them down and repeating them again and again and again. The next step is to practice. Now, when I'm 
learning a new song that starts with me playing along with the track, right? I'll have it going and I'll be playing along with it. And then I'll turn the track off and just play along by myself. And then once I've got that bit, we'll all come together who have all done that as well and we'll start playing it together. And I think it's the same. If you're learning a new song within your prayer life, first thing you're going to do is maybe write some stuff down and read it out as you go. And then as you keep doing that, you'll be able to put the writing away and just do it by yourself. And then you'll be able to come together with some other people of of like mind. And together, you'll be able to pray that same stuff. It doesn't happen without practice. Same with your internal conversations. If you just think, oh, yeah, I'm going to make that decision to change the way I think about myself to the way God thinks about me, but you don't study it and you don't practice it, when those times come, you won't have that to fall back on. The more you practice it, the more you know it. And the next part that we do is that we share it. As a band, it would be really kind of pointless for us to learn a new song and then not play it for you guys. I mean, that would kind of take the whole point away. Now, with, your, you know, with the promises of God that I keep coming back to, once you've learned them for yourself and you've studied them and you've practiced them and you're declaring them over your life, you're declaring them in your prayer life over other things, then there'll come an opportunity where someone will you'll say, oh, how are you doing? Oh, well, I'm, I'm really feeling worried about this problem. You know, it's really getting on top of me. That's when you can share, for God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power of strength and of sound mind. Oh, I'm really worried about what the next step is for my life. God has, knows the plans he has for you, plans for a hope and a future. And you can share those with other people. And that's what it's all about. It's not about doing it all for ourselves. Like Paul was saying, it's putting others first before yourself. And the last step that we often forget is to maintain. When we've learned a new song, like we... Um, Sound of the Saints, great new song. We played it last week as an item. On Thursday when we were practicing this week, we came back to it. And we practiced it again this morning. And we'll probably practice it again next week. Because when something's new, you need to practice it to get it right. But then you need to maintain it. You need to just sometimes do that check. Hey, am I still doing that? And need to keep maintaining what it is you're doing. So my prayer for you over the next week or two is that as you work out what that new song in your life is going to be, whether it's in your conversations with God or with others or with yourself or whatever else it might be, that you take the time to learn some of the promises of God or learn some new ways of doing things, some new conversations, you practice them and start imparting them into your own life so that you can share them with others. I just really quickly want to pray again as Reuben comes up. Lord, thank you that we can sing a new song to you. Thank you that your word is always fresh. It's a living word of God. Thank you that it's always fresh for us. And Lord, I just pray you help keep us fresh as we do the stuff we do during the week. And throughout this year, you keep us fresh with a new song on our hearts and a new song on our lips. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Steve. Was that funny? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, church. <laughs> I just want to extend a warm welcome to... I've, I've met a few new people this morning, actually. We've got a few new faces in here, and I just want to take this opportunity to extend a warm welcome to you. I've uh, had the joy of speaking to a couple of you already this morning, and I hope that you feel at home here. 
because we are all a family, we're all one body in Christ, and this place is for you as much as it is for us. We're all, we're all meant to be here at the moment. You might have thought that it was a decision that you made yourself uh, this morning or last night that you were going to turn up this morning, but I tell you what, God's got a plan for you right here this morning. He knew you were going to be sitting in that seat where you are now. He knew I was going to be up here sharing this morning, and He's got a word for you. So listen up, listen up, because when God speaks into your life, change is going to happen. A new song, a new song, awesome. I love what Steve shared. I love how he said, old songs can be comfortable. Old songs can be comfortable. And new songs require a bit of a stretch. I don't know if you guys have heard this saying, but the the definition of futility, I've heard another word used there before, but I'm going to use the word futility. The definition of futility is to do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Amen? And uh, Pastor Paul shared an awesome word last week on a new season. We're all going into a new season. We all sometimes want to move into a better season than the one we're in now. And I'm saying that if you want to change something, we need to change what we're doing. Amen? We need to change what's coming out of our mouth. Because what comes out of our mouth is the fruit of our heart. And the condition of our heart is what's going to change something. Amen? So I just want to talk a little bit about focus. Whether your focus is going to be on your predicament, on your season that you're in at the moment, or on God's plan for you in this season. I want to talk about faith. Faith brought about by praise to Him. And I want to talk about future. Because you might have come into this place thinking you've got nothing to offer. But I'm telling you now, God has a plan and a purpose for everybody. Everybody. And you don't have to get yourself right in order to be useful to God. Amen? So I've got a verse here um, that should come up on the screen from Psalms 40, 1 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and trust the Lord. What a good word. The first part of this, I waited patiently for the Lord. It can sound like the psalmist is saying, just sit down and don't worry about it. God will sort your mess out. But I did a bit of research on this because what confused me was the next part. I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined to me and heard my cry. How many of you think that if you're waiting patiently for something, you're crying out? If you're sitting there doing nothing, are you going to be crying out? No, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He heard my cry. So this implies that there's something in the waiting that needs to change. There's a song that we need to sing there. There's a cry we need to cry out. Amen? Now, when I read into this, the Hebrew word translates from, I waited patiently for the Lord, is actually more of like an active verb of waiting. We're waiting in earnest. We're seeking. 
God in the situation. So what he's doing here, waiting patiently for the Lord, is he's not sitting there complaining and talking about all of the things that he can't change and has no control over. He's not focusing on his own limitations. He is waiting patiently on the Lord to work in his situation. Amen? This is what he wants us to see. Waiting patiently is active waiting. And when he heard my cry suggest that the psalmist wasn't just silently sitting there waiting. He was waiting in earnest, actively seeking God's movement in his situation. The next verse that I want to share is from Philippians 4.8. And my wife shared it earlier today. And it reads in my version, it goes, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on the good stuff. Whatever things are true, who's the way, the truth, and the life? Jesus. Meditate on whatever is good in your life. See, this scripture speaks to me because my whole story of when I came to Christ, which I've shared a couple of times here, is one of I'm afraid to give up that control. And what I spent doing, and long nights on the end of my bed with my head in my hands, was focusing on everything I couldn't do to get myself out of my situation. I'm in a rut. I can't spend time enough with my family or my wife because I need to be at work to earn the money to get the clothes, to get the food, to get everything for my wife and my family. But then if I don't, if I cut back the hours, I'm not going to provide all that for them. So what do I do? How do I do it? How do I get out of this situation? I can't do it. And if I'm focusing on that stuff, if I'm focusing on what I can't do, self-centered, then it's hopeless. Matthew 6, this reads, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all of these things the Gentiles seek. Now, when it says all of these things the Gentiles seek, it's talking about this is what the world wants you to worry about. You're getting pushed around by all these things that you think you need to get through this life. But God is telling us, We can't actually manage all of that stuff effectively and live in the victory that he has already won for us. Amen? These are all the things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He already knows. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. It's about Focus. Seek first him in the situation. But it can be comfortable to worry about all that stuff because it's familiar. It's familiar to me. I can control how much I earn. I can control what I spend my money on and all that. It's comfortable for me. It's within my control. Even though it's not working, even though I can see it's hopeless, it's comfortable. But we need to stretch. And this is faith. And faith is brought about by singing a new song 
of praise. We praise Him in the situations where we can't see Him. We praise Him when we can't see Him working in our lives. And this is what generates faith. I waited patiently for the Lord. If we can go back to that first verse. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock. Who knows who the rock is? Jesus. He set my feet upon the rock and established my steps. I've learned from my experience that this means that he creates opportunity in your situation that you wouldn't be able to bring about yourself for you to grow and move forward through the season. And here's the important part. He establishes my steps. He sets you on the path that he needs you to walk because at the end of the day, he knows better than us what we need. Amen. I know better than my daughter Adira what she needs right now. So I'm going to set her feet upon the path that she needs to walk for now. Up until she's about 35. (laughs) It goes on to say, He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. So it's easy to praise our God when He's done it, when He's lifted us out of the miry clay and He's set our feet and we're on the path and we're doing good. Praise God, absolutely. And we can read that as this, as it's a reactive thing. But really what builds the faith is the praise of God coming out of the situation where you can't see Him work. Amen? Because we have to take our eyes, like I said, take our eyes off everything that we can't do and fix it on what God is doing, all the good things of what He is doing in our life. Am I speaking to someone here this morning? Amen? Yeah? There's things that we're going through at the moment with our family, with our work, with our marriages. And we just keep focusing on all of the things that we can't do. Amen? So we need to change our tune. We need to flip it around and we need to sing a new song. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added to you. All of these things that he knows you need. Not the stuff you think you need right now. The stuff he knows You need to set your feet on the course he needs you to walk because you all have a calling in Christ. It was set before creation. I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk anywhere if it's not with the Lord. Now, the best part about this is the last part of that verse in Psalms 40. Many will see it and fear, and will trust in the Lord. Many will see it, and will fear, and trust in the Lord. See, this brings it back to this whole theme of this morning, and I love the way the Spirit works. This morning, no one knew what I was going to share on this morning, but in the morning prayer this morning, it was all about not of self, of others. It was all about not focusing on, on, on yourself, but focusing Outward, outward focus. It's part of our church DNA. Outward focus. Amen. This is what this is all about. This is all part of God's plan for you. He has put a new song in your mouth. Praise to our God, which you're going to praise in the tough times. And many will see it and fear and will trust 
in the Lord. I've heard a lot, a lot of times, though, your mess becomes your message. <laughs> God's going to work in your situation, not just for your benefit. He doesn't just do that. He doesn't just work on us one at a time. You see, he's got his eye on the end game. He's going to work on your situation so that you can be a testimony to others. And you can bring others out of their seasons of hardship, out of their valleys. You're going to be that light and that salt that you're called to be if you fix your eyes on Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's some new people here today. And like I said, there was, there's, there's a plan and a purpose for why you were here today. I'm not going to single out the people that I met this morning. But I'm just going to say you are so welcome here. And this is not the last time you'll be here. Amen? Because as I said, we're a family. You are meant to be here this morning. And I pray that something you've taken from what both Steve and I have shared today. Yeah. As we start to see his plan, the plan is for the many, not just for you. And you can carry out this plan through your faith, your praise, and your consistent focus on God. Amen. And as the worship team comes up here, I just want to share with you that the first step to focusing on God is actually to surrender and break down your barriers. You see, you came in here this morning expecting to hear something. I hope you did. Because something is here for you every, every Sunday that you come here. Something is here for you. The word is being spoken down for, here for you, not as just a, a routine. But God wants to speak to you. So I'm asking you, like me when I was there at the end of my bed and I was at the end of my tether with my head in my hands and saying, there's all the things that I can't do. I want you to break down those barriers, open up those walls, let go of that control that you have over your life and understand that the creator and author of everything, he's got the plan for you. Amen. He established a plan for you since before you were even born, since before your parents were born, since before your grandparents were born, since before all of creation. He knew you. Not only did He know you, but He has created you specifically for a plan and a purpose for His glory to help others. The first step to this is to break down those walls and just accept what He has done for you. Amen. So as our team minister to us here, I just want every eye closed. And if I'm speaking to you right now, if you're in a valley at the moment where you are struggling with something and you can't help but just focus on everything you can't do, you can ask Him to help you with that. You can ask Him to shift your focus. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, 
If this is you struggling at the moment to fight through everything that you can't do and you want to focus on the Lord, if you want to renew your relationship with Him, if you want to recommit Him, recommit to Him, or if this is your first time here and you're just seeking who Jesus is, I want you to raise your hand. Every eye closed. There's no judgment here. I want you to raise your hand. Just as our being minister to us. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Raise your hand. Just a couple more moments. If you want to really know Jesus, if you want a relationship with Him, if you want to invite Him into your life and help Him to transform you, He just requires one thing of you. Surrender. Raise your hand and allow Him into your life. Thank you, Father. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want all our church family to pray along, alongside you. You're not here alone. You're here with a family. Every eye closed. Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you have done for me, Father. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sins, and you raised me up with you a new creation. I commit myself to you, and I will walk with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God this morning, church. Praise God this morning. Thank you, Father.